Coming up this week on Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, Model 3 visits the Gigafactory and gets a ludicrous mode, plus Model 3 battery info, exact tire sizes, and more. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, episode 39 for May 1st, 2016. My name is Ryan McCaffrey, and it is good to be home. I think maybe I'm a little spoiled by seeing so many Teslas on a daily basis here in uh, Tesla's home turf of the San Francisco Bay Area, but I was out in Boston at PAX Prime, which is a big big uh, video game show convention, and I gotta say, you know, I'm, I'm always, I was walking around the city a lot. I, I, I like, I prefer to walk whenever I can. I only spotted four or five in the four or five days I was there, uh, down in the heart of, right in the heart of Boston, just downtown. And I have to say, I was, I was especially surprised at that, given how well dual motor cars in particular, dual motor Teslas, perform in snow, which Boston gets plenty of in the winter. Uh, because I did, in fact, see a really shocking number of like crazy high-end cool cars. Uh, a few on Newberry Street, which was a quite the quite the ritzy street, but a few others just around the city as well. I saw a couple Bentleys. I saw a Lamborghini Huracan. I saw a Ferrari. Uh, two or three Nissan GTRs. Boston bringing its A game in the car department. I figure. Their owners must be thrilled that the snows melted uh, and that they can take them out. It was almost comforting, though, uh, to be home <laughs> and see so many Teslas and see them everywhere, even though I don't have one uh, myself. And uh, on, the, on the, the comforting note, I, I was not uh, comforted by a winning Model X raffle email from Peter Kiersgaard, but... Uh, we, in fact, yeah, we, he did not win the ludicrous Model X and thus by extension, neither did I from the referral program. The drawing was on Friday, but I am, I'm very grateful to have had an opportunity. So, uh, to the two folks who actually used Peter's referral code, thank you very much for giving, uh, Peter and thus myself a chance at that Model X. I'm glad that you got your $1,200 charging credit, uh, to help get yourself set up at home for your new Model S. And of course, thanks to Peter for his amazingly generous offer. Uh, I'll have to continue being the wide-eyed kid with his face, pre- face pressed against the glass, looking at Tesla ownership from the outside in, at least for you know about two more years or so until my Model 3 is ready. Now, speaking of Model 3, the prototype, one of them, has been out and about It was spotted north of the Golden Gate Bridge in the Marin Headlands uh, on a video shoot. There was a a picture of it with a a big truck, a rig in front of it that that had a camera aiming behind. So Tesla clearly doing some promotional video work. I guess we can expect to see some videos on the Tesla site, Tesla YouTube, Tesla social media channels in the not-too-distant future. And it was also spotted it was charging up at the Burlingame Service Center which I recognized from, there's there's a distinct hotel right behind it, and that's also the one closest to Marin. So uh, that was kind of cool this week to see some more pictures. It's really, really great to see the car in the sun. 
uh, over at the Gigafactory, meanwhile, earlier in the week, Motor Trend did a big shoot with the car uh, at the Gigafactory. And in fact, one of their photos has a really nice shot of the car in the sun shot from a rear three-quarter angle. I made that my new desktop background, just a really, really cool picture. And again, yeah, it's just been really great to see the car in natural light a bit now. Uh, it was, of course, beautiful at the reveal, but that was at night and under stage lighting. And for me, the car really looks better with all of its lines being brought out by sunlight. So uh, something else that came out of that Motor Trend bit, if you recall, I told you after the Model 3 reveal that the car's got 20-inch wheels on it, but I wasn't able to get tire sizes because uh, there was no time, it was dark, and the cars barely stopped the whole time. But Motor Trend was doing a little live stream on Periscope or something from their shoot at the Gigafactory, and they took a few viewer questions. The most useful of which was tire sizes. Turns out it is packing, at least the prototype, a staggered setup. Uh, of course, still 20-inch, we knew that, 20-inch front and rear, but 235 35s in front and 275 30s in the rear. Now, you know me, I'm nuts about Tesla, and I've also got a long wait ahead of me. <laughs> it's, what else am I going to do for the next two and a half years? So, I went ahead, I went on Tire Rack, which I, I used to order tires for my DeLorean on there, because that was basically the only place I could get them. So, I priced out the tires on Tire Rack. I'm like, okay, what, what am I looking at? Like, uh, you know, versus the, because I'm actually... I run staggered, my Infiniti G35 Coupe takes staggered tires now. So I'm like, okay, well, what, you know, and they're 19s. So what are, what are the uh, Model 3 tires? What, what can I expect there? So as far as the sets, Tire Rack pulled up a Michelin Pilot Super Sport set, which was uh, $1,236 plus shipping, of course. Then they also had a Pirelli P0 set for a bit less. That was uh, 1047, but the Pirellis had a significantly lower tread rating versus the Michelins. 220 on the Pirellis versus 300 on the Michelins. So I'm sure there are going to be plenty of other tire manufacturers who will make matching Model 3 sets once the car is out, seeing as, as though there are going to be hundreds of thousands of Model 3s hitting the road each and every year, new ones all the time. So, uh, But those are the two just current options, if you're curious, because I sure as heck was. So about $1,200 and change. Uh, I guess with shipping, call it 13 although you figure, of course, Tesla will carry them themselves, but just ballpark 12 to 1300 At least for Michelins, uh, we shall see what, what other options become available once the car starts shipping. Now, I, I actually, I was surprised that they were staggered, honestly, for, a, you know, a lower cost uh, sedan, you know, Tesla's lower cost car. But honestly, like, I actually kind of hope the Model 3 ends up delivering with the staggered tires. Honestly, mostly because I'm just personally used to it. Uh, my DeLorean had staggered tires, and like I just mentioned, my Infiniti does too. I kind of like the lazy factor of it, <laughs> like running them, just running them until they're done and not having to worry about rotating them. Um, so I, I still wonder, I wonder if the base model car, which we know the prototypes are not, they're not base models, I wonder if the, proto, uh, if the performance cars will end up being 
uh, shipping with a staggered setup, and maybe the base models won't. I mean, because we, we've seen this before from Tesla. The P85 Pluses had staggered setups, and so did the early P85Ds. So it's not out of the question for Tesla to do that. All right, with that, uh, I'm going to take a uh, call now from Mike in the Chicagoland area who wants to talk about this very subject, performance version of Model 3. Mike, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. Mike again here from LaGrange, Illinois, in Chicago suburb. Um, my uh, comment this week was about uh, the, the performance models for the uh, Model 3. Uh, I fully intend on, on uh, I mean, I've made my reservation, but I fully intend on configuring the car as a performance model with whatever... Uh, performance upgrade they have I'm, I'm you know hopefully we'll be at the maximum plaid level uh, at that point but uh my concern comes from the uh what the overall performance of the three is going to be in comparison to the s um because of the battery pack um i was watching uh, uh you've changed me to someone who just got all his information from your podcast to someone who's scouring the internet for anything that i can find but um it appears that the you know the battery pack uh, construction is going to be quite different in the Model 3. Uh, the battery is going to be smaller, judging from that 215-mile range uh, minimum. Uh, I mean, I'm guessing with the smaller, lighter car, that's going to be something like a 50 or 60-kilowatt battery pack. Um, so I don't know that the big battery would be you know, in the neighborhood of a 90 or 100 like the SNX will have or beyond at, at that point uh, when the three releases. So, you know, as uh, the smaller the battery pack, the less power you can pull from it uh, at any given time. You know, it's not just about, um, uh, it's not just about, uh, range uh, when it comes to the size of a battery pack. It actually, uh, affects how much current you can draw from it at any given time because, uh, you know, it's all based on percentages. So uh, 10%, you know, of a bigger pack means, you know, more current draw. So uh, I'm just wondering if, if you've seen anything or, or what your thoughts are on, you know, will the, you know, Model 3 performance models with whatever upgrade, uh, are they going to be as fast as the S, uh, even though the car is lighter and smaller, uh, maybe due to this uh, battery uh, restriction. But, you know, again, obviously improvements in cell chemistry and cell geometry that Elon has talked about in interviews, uh, maybe they'll be on the same level. But uh, that's just my uh, my thoughts for the week. Sorry for the long message. Uh, talk to you soon. Keep up the great work. Mike, thank you for the call. Uh, now, late this week, Elon Musk confirmed via his Twitter account with a simple of course, when asked about ludicrous mode for Model 3. So Model 3 will indeed have a ludicrous mode, which I, I think most of us assumed it would. Um, but, you know, you never quite know, like, would ludicrous maybe be reserved for Model S and X, you know, the more upscale cars, and maybe Model 3 would just have an insane feature. But I think most of us kind of figured that it would have ludicrous, and now we know for a fact. So, Mike, uh, you're correct about, in, you're certainly correct about power draw and battery pack size. But honestly, 
I think Model 3 is going to be as quick as Elon can possibly push his engineers and his, his team to make the car. Because you got to figure, so the hardware in the Model 3 performance cars are probably going to have those upgraded Inconel fuses that the ludicrous X's and X's, ludicrous S's and X's have now, at least in the ludicrous version. And, you know, even though there will be some amount of steel in the Model 3, maybe a little, maybe a lot, the 3 is almost certainly going to weigh less than the S. There's, there's no way that the... Let's say it's entirely steel, which is heavier. There's just no way that the Model 3 could possibly weigh 4,600 pounds, which is what the S weighs. If you take... If you shave 20% off, you know, because the car is supposed to be 20% smaller in overall volume. I know that, of course, doesn't translate to weight. But you're looking... You know, you're in the you're in the the mid mid to high threes, uh, three thousand pounds range there. Um, now, as for what the car is going to do, I personally I think I've, I feel like I've talked about this before, but I personally expect the the low end of like sort of if you want to get pessimistic, I think we're looking at mid threes for insane, low threes for ludicrous. And I kind of figure the best case scenario is high twos for ludicrous, low threes for insane. I, I feel like it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be quicker than the S, um, poss- partially for power draw reasons, as you mentioned. But I do think it's going to be real close, if not the same. Uh, either way, I, I don't think people are going to be disappointed by it. I, and. I hope to be one who owns one and can <laughs> report firsthand. Uh, but yeah, like, you know, uh, like most things in life, the answer is probably going to lie somewhere in between, right? So, so we'll see. I mean, if, if performance, if Insane ends up being 3.5 and Ludicrous ends up being 3.1, I'd sure as heck be happy with that. Uh, and then, by the way, remember that Elon said uh, that Maximum Plaid is reserved for the next-gen Roadster, and I'm inclined to believe him on that, which that car, if I were putting money down now as sort of a Vegas bet ahead of time, I would bet that that car is going to be about a 2.2 second, like low twos to 60. I think that thing's going to be ridiculous. Uh, and also real quick, I just want to thank Mike uh, because I can't email him back or tweet him back because he left a voicemail. Just want to thank Mike. Mike, I got your other call, which was just a very nice note of, uh, about how how Mike's been following me for a while and listening to the show, and he wasn't originally even a Tesla guy, and now he's got a reservation on Model Three, and he got his friend to put down a reservation. Mike, I want to thank you for that call. I was genuinely moved by it. Thank you for supporting me as I as I chase all of my my crazy passions in various podcast forms. Alrighty, uh, let's do one more call before we continue the news. I want to go to Andrew from up in Canada, who uh, is curious about how to make the long wait for Model 3 fun. Go ahead, Andrew. Hi, Ryan. This is Andrew from Canada again. I wanted to get uh, ask for your help. You mentioned uh, a few podcasts back um, about... Uh, uh, your role at IGN covering uh, the uh, suspense of release of, of games uh, and how you thought you know that was uh, one of the more fun parts of it. Um, so I uh, I threw down my my order on uh, the 31st of March and we're not even a month into it yet. 
and um, it's it's tough to wait. I'm having a hard time. So I would love to hear your advice on how you can make that fun because the um, uh, it's I still have many many months to go, and I'm not even not even through one yet. So I'd I'd love your help on that. Uh, as part of my therapy, I was uh, going through some of your older podcasts and came across the the one where you mentioned you came across some FUD uh, posts in an IGN article about Tesla, and uh, I thought I would offer some help for you. Um, I work in the wind energy industry, and uh, when that industry was more in its infancy, there is certainly its fair sh- a fair share of fun going around about that. And uh, however, the industry is now very much alive and very much well and very much expanding and doing wonderful things uh, with similar uh, industry-wide goals, uh, similar to uh, Tesla and Elon's goals. And so uh, I foresee very similar things happening with the EV movement and sustainable transport movement. So um, in the interest of... Uh, uh, your podcast being a fun, non-political, um, supportive way. I just wanted to offer that vote of support. And, uh, yeah, let's uh, keep moving this forward. Cheers, Ryan. Bye. Well, Andrew, for starters, you've got this podcast to look forward to every week, right? <laughs> I hope. Uh, also, I will say this, how to make the wait fun. If you're saving up for your car like I very much am, you can try to make that fun. You can try to gamify that a little bit. So here's here's a thing. Here's a here's a thing. You, a game you can play with yourself. Make a new bank account. Label it your Tesla fund. Seed some money in there. Get it started. Then see if you can challenge yourself to put a little more money in it every single month. Maybe you can put a hundred dollars in one month, and maybe the next month it's up hundred ten or hundred twenty, etc. You can, uh, so another way you could try to make the weight fun, you can, you, these are all things I'm totally doing, by the way. You can plan out road trips for where you want to take your Model 3. I know I've, I've already told my family we're going to Disneyland when we get this car because we can drive, we can get there and back for free on the superchargers, and that'll save us, you know, a f- few hundred bucks at least in gas that we can spend on fun things when we get down there or just food <laughs> for instance so there's there's planning road trips uh you can do what again what i've done you can spend time making some approximate car configurations using the model s design studio as a stand-in uh, because it's it's you know we've already had several f- uh, optional features for model 3 confirmed that are also model s features I'm talking about air suspension, panoramic roof, ludicrous mode, uh, all-wheel drive. Um, hmm, I can't remember if there are any more, but you know, if you if you kind of use the Model S Design Studio, just you know, look at different paint options, interior trims, etc. I mean, it it's gonna be a long wait, and uh, it's funny until you pointed it out. I hadn't even realized that it's fitting that I'm doing this podcast and I happen to be IGN's previews editor because in my day job, I'm used to having to cover things that might not be released for a while. So it's, I'm the right man for the job for this, for this podcast, I guess. Uh, onward and upward, we are all in this together. All right, a couple of good calls there. We're going to get to some more phone calls later in the show. We're going to do a whole block 
of Ride the Lightning hotline calls because I got, again, every, every week we break the record. Uh, we as a show community break the record for the most number of hotline calls in a given week. Uh, I had over, I, had, I think, over 20 calls this week. So they can't play them all. Uh, I had to try and whittle them down. I, they were, most of them were great, which is just one thing. So I'll figure something out with that. But uh, I've got plenty more calls coming up. First, another news story. It is a Model 3 battery tidbit, courtesy of Tesla Vice President of Investor Relations, a guy named Jeff Evanson. Now, the backstory on this is honestly kind of dumb. I don't even really want to get into it. It, it involves an analyst from a, another firm doubting that Tesla can make a profit on Model 3 by, because the guy makes assertions on things he's not privy to. And then uh, Evanson was on this call, and he jumped in and, and set him straight, and that's where we're getting these nuggets from. So anyway, we don't have a lot of context for it right now, but here you go. What we learned is that Tesla's battery costs today on Model S are less than $190 per kilowatt hour. So they're already moving their prices down. The Gigafactory is, is, of course, the whole point of it, or, well, a whole point of it, one of the keys to it, is that it's going to continue to drive the price uh, per kilowatt hour down so that to make the cars, to make Model 3 possible. So uh, there's that. And also we learned that the base version of Model 3, the 215 EPA range mile car, will have a battery pack that is smaller than 60 kilowatt hours. I interpret that as that probably means 50 or 55. I'd in fact, if I were again a betting man, if I were if I'm already in Vegas betting on the maximum plaid speed <laughs> for the Roadster, I would bet that that probably means 55 kilowatt. Otherwise, uh, he'd probably say something else other than besides less than 60. So maybe a 55 kilowatt hour pack, but maybe 50 to 55 figure on somewhere in there for the base version. So. Again, I know we have no context for this yet. We don't know what the bigger battery is going to be range-wise, what Tesla's aiming for. I mean, I had made a prediction on the show that I think they're going to go for that 300-mile rated EPA battery uh, as, as sort of that psychological barrier of you know Model 3, 300, 300 miles, if it's over that. I mean, there's, the S is so close now with the 90. 294 is the EPA rated range. So uh, I really think, and then of course, by the time the three comes out, I'm sure we'll have the 100D battery that's already been leaked, maybe even something out, maybe even something past that. So the S is going to have a, 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 an option that's greater than 300 miles. I think the Model 3, I think they're going to try and get a, a 300 mile option in there. Now that would be a huge spread. If the base model is at least 215, now Elon was careful to say at least 215. That's just the minimum that he's promising. Hopefully Tesla can over-deliver on that. And maybe it'll be a 225 or even 230 mile uh, EPA rated range in the base model. That would be quite a spread to have uh, the larger battery pack that'll inevitably be in the Model 3 be 300 rated miles. I mean, that that's a huge spread between... That's a much bigger spread than the S spread, which is, uh, you know, the 70D is, uh, what, 
30, I think, something like that, versus 290. It's like a 60-something mile spread. I'm actually just going to double-check in the design studio real quick. Uh, 240. So yeah, 240 versus 294, 70D to 90D. So that's a 54-mile uh, spread. So you know, if 215 holds, you could ballpark that out to to you know 265, 270. I think Elon's going to push for more. I think it's going to be more than that. So that's just me uh, get pure guesswork, but I, I just think 270. I mean, granted, it, it is the lower cost car. Maybe they'll kind of try to push people to S for greater range, but I think they're going to aim for higher than that. We shall see. But um, anyway, you think maybe if, again, looking at where the S is, where it's about a 20 kilowatt hour spread, if we're looking at a 50, 50 to 55 kilowatt hour pack for the base version, maybe that means a 70 to 75 kilowatt hour pack for the upgrade. We shall see. Also, pardon me, the final thing we learned from uh, Mr. Evanson was that the car will be, and that we've heard this before from, uh, from Diarman, from Mr. O'Connell, and from, uh, I think JB might have talked about this too, Straubel. The car is going to be part aluminum, not all aluminum. So that's tough to glean anything from. It could be 80-20 aluminum steel. It could be 50-50. It could be 20-80, you know, so mostly steel. We don't know. That remains to be seen. We'll, we'll see what happens there. All right, while we're talking Model 3, let's go to Paul in Connecticut, who has an interesting strategy that he's wondering if it might work to help get his Model 3 even faster as Maggie the Boxer snores on the couch next to me. <laughs> Paul, go ahead. Hi, this is Paul from Connecticut. I had a question and a comment. I'm wondering if pre-ordering two Model 3s may increase my chances of a faster delivery. It's been said that ordering a Model 3 with more options might increase my place in line. I'm wondering if ordering two as opposed to one might also have the same effect. I left my home state of Connecticut where we have no Tesla dealerships uh, and drove up to Boston early in the morning on the 31st and was about 75th in line. Uh, after spending two hours in line with uh, fellow enthusiasts, I learned a lot about Tesla. And although I only intended to buy one, I thought, well, if I can order two, I should order two just to be safe. I felt like I was part of something special there. And my wife can use a new car in a few years. Her uh, car has um, high mileage. So I'm certainly glad that I did. I first thought of the Tesla because I do outside sales and hearing that this new affordable Tesla might drive 200 miles on a charge, I thought it might be ideal for me. I drive all around uh, my area doing outside sales during the day and I never drive more than 180 miles in a busy day. My employer reimburses me by the mile. So I did some quick math and I figured that this car would pay for itself in three or four years. Uh, also, I don't like to admit it, but I am distracted as I drive throughout the day with constant phone calls and emails and hearing about the autopilot that the S had to offer would certainly make my job easier. Uh, it would be safer and uh, certainly a little bit less driver fatigue throughout the day. Now hearing there's a possibility of it being a fully autonomous vehicle really has me excited. Uh, so it's a great looking car with a lot of great features and uh, I'm really looking forward to it being the best product I've ever owned. Thanks. I really enjoyed the show, and I'll continue listening. 
Excellent call here. Uh, Paul, again, we don't know how the reservation numbers are, are, in, are coded or encoded. It's possible that if you put down two reservations, uh, you could get invited to configure both at the same time, uh, or maybe one will happen before the other. There have been a few people that have, that have ordered two uh, Xs. I don't, I don't know how it went back with the S, and you know, we don't know if Tesla will do things the same way. I mean, they already, they've already handled the reservation process itself very differently for Model 3 than they did with uh, S or X. But theoretically, it wouldn't make any difference whether you order one car or two, unless Tesla does invite people with multiple reservations to configure before those with singles. That doesn't, I don't, I don't see necessarily why they would do that, and they haven't indicated anything along those lines. Now, there is a limit of two orders per customer anyway, so it's not like somebody can clog up the, the reservation queue with 20 orders, though apparently some dude tried, and uh, they've actually been purging this, them from the system, according to Elon uh, this week on Twitter. Also, uh, to some of your other comments, it sounds like the Model 3 is going to be an absolutely great fit for you, but one piece of advice, pardon me if I'm stating the obvious and you're already on top of this, but one piece of advice based on what is, at this point, reams of testimony from East Coast Tesla owners in, in uh, cold weather climates such as yourself here in Connecticut do yourself a favor, get the big battery. For the amount of driving that you are saying you're doing per day, you are going to need that big battery in the wintertime especially because you know these cars do take a significant range hit in snowy, icy, very cold uh, conditions. So uh, hopefully you are, if you're not planning on doing that, I would suggest really looking into it and really trying to plan for it uh, feel free to consult the Tesla Motors Club forums. Go into maybe the regional section. You'll, I'm sure you'll find all sorts of testimony, or you can reach out, and make a post, and uh, get some get some firsthand experience from other people rather than maybe the secondhand uh, info that I'm passing along. All right, back to some news. A couple more things here for you before we get into the hotline and all the phone great phone calls that we've got this week. Elon Musk attended the Future Transport Solutions Conference in Oslo, Norway, and uh, he mentioned a fourth-generation Tesla. Listen to this. And, and there'll be future uh, cars that, uh, that are you know, even more affordable down the road. Um, but uh, with something like the Model 3, it's, it's designed to be able to achieve... Um, it's designed such that Ha roughly half of people can afford the car. Um, and then with fourth generation and smaller cars and whatnot, we'll ultimately be in the position where I think almost everyone can afford the car. Now, to be honest, I'm actually not sure why so many news outlets picked up on this story. Uh, I mean, of course, this was always going to happen as the company grew and battery chemistry improved and costs came down. Now, I, I would expect the Generation 4 car, which is, I mean, who knows when it's coming. If Model 3 starts to deliver in decent quantities in 2018, hopefully, uh, there's a huge waiting list. <laughs> I would expect a fourth generation car would be probably three to five years after that. So I would think, you know, 
I don't know, 2022 to 24 kind of range, who knows, but I would expect the Generation 4 car to be probably a compact sedan. Think, you know, the size of a Toyota Corolla, say. And I would expect that's probably going to be, if he's saying it's something everyone can afford, probably a fifteen dollars to $20,000 car, uh, I suppose, with inflation by that point, say 20000 by the time it comes out. Now, at the same conference, Elon gave a very interesting autopilot statistic. Listen to this. From our autonomous uh, version one, uh, which is in uh, Tesla's today, has been extremely positive. And when we look at the data, I mean, I think this is a real interesting fact um, of cars that, uh, if the autopilot is turned on or off, um, you're probably it, it take the probably of having an accident is 50% lower if you have autopilot on, mm. even with our first version. So we can see basically the how many uh, kilometers. Uh, what's the average number of kilometers to an to an accident? Accident defined by uh, airbag deployment. And it's and even with this early version, um, it's uh, it, it, it's almost twice as good as uh, a person. That's super cool, right? That is really really interesting. And in fact, I have a real-world example to correlate with Elon's data. My boss's boss, who's got an S, was, uh, he, was in his, he was merging into the same lane as another car coming from two lanes over. So he was in, you know, call it lane one, the other guy in lane three. They were both trying to get to lane two. And they both came at the same time, and he ended up damaging his front fascia and having to get it replaced. And when he... When he uh, told me about it, his first words to me were, I didn't have autopilot on, and it totally would have prevented this. So uh, I guess it's just cool to hear this data. And what this does is, what I was going to say about this is that I'm really glad that to date so far, government regulations haven't gotten in the way of this being a feature that people can use. Uh, And hopefully all of this data that Tesla's gathering can only help their case for if the government does try to come down with any sort of limitations or regulations to restrict this, or restrictions, I guess would be a better word. And I gotta say, I I daydream about autopilot almost every single day, even though I obviously don't have a Tesla yet and thus don't have it. I'm lucky to have a short commute, but it does involve a freeway, a freeway into downtown San Francisco, and I would just love, and it's totally stop and go in the morning, of course, so I would just love to be able to relax a bit <laughs> with the autopilot. In fact, uh, the other day, there, there was an, or one day this week, there was an S in the lane next to me, and I was pretty sure, it's funny, I was looking at, you know, it's like I could see it there, and, I'm, and there was kind of a gap in front, you know, in front of it, and I, I was like, oh, he's going to come up next to me, and I'll be able to see, oh, which... Which version is it? Is it a is it a P ninety D Ludicrous? What what's he got? And it it wasn't really coming up, and then eventually it did because sort of that that his lane was moving more, and I realized like oh I'm pretty sure that the driver was using autopilot because it was leaving a much bigger cushion in front than than everybody else in traffic. So I'm guessing he had it on and had it set to give a lot of distance between. The S in the car in front of it, because if if the driver had been in manual control in that kind of traffic, he probably wouldn't have been hanging as far back as he did. So, anyway, dumb little story. 
Um, yay, autopilot. <laughs> if you've got it, use it. Enjoy it. Remember, uh, we talked last week, if you have the hardware but haven't paid for the feature yet, you've got a 30-day trial that Tesla will give you. And I suspect that's going to convert a lot of people to, to go ahead and activate autopilot. So give it a try if you have access to it. All right, with that, that is the news for the week. I'm going to come right back, and we've got a good handful of excellent phone calls in the Ride the Lightning hotline right after this. All right, it's that time of the show again for the Ride the Lightning hotline, uh, which is quickly becoming my favorite part of the show because the level of participation is just growing by leaps and bounds every week. So many, I, I realized I have an, inc- I'm very lucky to have an amazing audience because if the people calling in are indicative of everyone else, it is just a fun, super smart, uh, just really kind, awesome group of people. And if you would like to be part of it, if you want to call in, let your voice be heard, you can do so anytime. It's a toll-free call or Skype. If you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic for the podcast, give the Ride the Lightning hotline a call anytime. It's 24-7, day or night. It just leaves a message. You won't bother me. <laughs> it's the, uh, and the phone number slash Skype number is 1-888-989-8752. That phone number, again, is 1-888-989-8752. And I remind you that if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Please visit my friends at lifeonrecord.com to learn more. And by the way, thank you to my friends at Life on Record this week for giving me uh, the tip on getting better quality phone call audio files. I've been, it turns out, I'm willing to admit this, I've kind of been doing it wrong this whole time. So uh, hopefully you'll hear the difference. Phone calls should sound much better this week because they're coming from sort of the direct source, a better better source here. First up is Walter, who wanted to call in uh, about the tax credit, sharing his experiences with his Volt and with his S. So Walter, go ahead. Hi, this is Walter Roundtree. Thanks for the podcast every week. I really look forward to it. I have a comment on the tax credit. Uh, I do know from experience uh, about the tax credit because we originally purchased a Chevy Bolt, which is a great vehicle. I would never talk anyone out of it, but the worst part about it is after 35 miles, it switches over and becomes gasoline cars. So we sold that and uh, bought a Tesla Model S. Once you go electric, you'll never go back to liquid fuel. Um, the tax credit we got for the Volts was $7,500, and subsequently for the Model S was $7,500. And it does come straight off the top of your tax liability. 
Uh, it's not a an income deduction. Additionally, uh, one of those years I had made tax estimated payments throughout the year such that the payments I'd made were more than my tax liability. So I would have gotten a tax refund uh, even without the $7,500 tax credit. But with the $7,500 tax credit, I got $7,500 more of a refund. So the $7,500 is limited in any one particular year by your tax liability, but it's not limited by uh, your payroll withholding or any of your estimated taxes that you paid in. Thanks again for your podcast. Also, I do have a blog, The Tesla and the Tent. After we got our Model S, my wife and I spent six months driving around the country, uh, homeless, living out of our car. Thanks. Bye-bye. Walter, thank you so much for sharing that direct personal experience with us on that. It definitely, I know for me, that definitely helps contextualize the tax credit situation. And hopefully it's helpful to other listeners as well. And I'm glad you're enjoying your Model S. Awesome. Next up is Craig from Indiana, who, if you remember uh, two shows back, uh, there was a uh, Mitchell from St. Louis had called in uh, saying that Tesla, in his opinion, needed to be as as environmentally friendly as possible. So Craig wanted to uh, respond to that. Craig, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. My name is Craig. I'm, uh, I'm uh, West Lafayette, Indiana. I have a quick question for you and a quick comment, actually. Uh, there was a question last week about uh, the cow leather and some of the environmental stuff regarding Tesla and the different goals of Tesla. And for me, I consider myself an environmentalist, and I like to see the proliferation of electric cars, but I think that in order for electric cars to be successful, Tesla's doing a good job of making electric cars seem appealing, seem uh, sexy, if you will, and hopefully by kind of making them look so attractive, it will help them proliferate into the market and kind of find their own wedge. Uh, and then my question is, uh, I'll make, make this short. Uh, my question is just, um, I'm a tall guy, I'm almost 6'4", and I was curious from your experience if you think uh, <laughs> these cars are really for tall people. Um, I currently drive a Jeep uh, midsize. And I'm not sure I look at the Teslas, they look really cramped and small. So just wondering about uh, if I could fit in one of these little cars. So anyway, thanks so much. I love your podcast, love Unlocked, and uh, I'll keep listening. Thanks. Bye. Craig, you make a great point to add to that discussion. And then I think that was a good discussion. Tesla is trying to get people to accept electric cars. And for better or for worse, having sexy leather interior options is part of that. But hopefully, they're going to continue down the synthetic leather road that they've started down with the ultra-white interior of the Model X. And we saw that same ultra-white interior in the Model 3. Again, I can't, I don't know if that was actually synthetic or not, uh, but that would certainly be the indication uh, that that's a reasonable conclusion to draw based on, again, the Model X. So anyway, uh, hopefully... Tesla, again, will we'll continue down that road, and it's, it'll be the best of both worlds. Uh, to answer your question, by the way, I'm, I'm actually only 5'9", uh, so I'm not the best person to ask about a tall person in a Model 3. However, I can tell you that getting the pano roof in the Model S buys you a couple extra inches of headroom, 
and uh, that also the Model S seat can raise and lower. So uh, hopefully the Model 3 seat will have that ability as well, at least in a premium package at, at the very least. And of course the Model X has even more headroom. The three remains to be seen in that department, but we know that you're gonna have a choice of three roof types. Metal roof, glass roof, panoramic roof. So we'll see if pano or glass ends up being, I would think pano or glass would probably both offer you a bit more headroom than just metal. So, um, we, although, remember, Elon did say at the reveal event that the three will have the most interior volume of any car of its size. Hopefully, that comment includes space at the top of the car in that headroom, as well as, you know, he was really sort of making a point about uh, the front row, the front seat footwells, how you're sort of sitting more forward in the car and there's more, more leg room down there. Speak of the devil, by the way, Mitchell from St. Louis, who uh, we were just talking about, he had, he had called in about the, the leather seats a couple weeks back. He's got another call. He's called in again, speculating on what vehicles Tesla will make down the road. I'm going to turn it back over to you, Mitchell. Hi, Ryan. It's Mitchell from St. Louis again. Um, I'm calling for a few different reasons. But first, uh, let me say thank you so much for putting my message about the interior seating on your podcast on episode 37. And also, thank you for um, such a nice and considerate response. It, it really meant a lot. And um, yeah, it, it, it means a lot to me. Um, as well as, what was I going to say? <laughs> it means a lot to know that you, as well as, as well as others, are willing to listen to what others have to say. And I can tell you put a lot of thought into your response, so thank you for that. But I am calling because I have a I have a topic that I think would be exciting and fun to talk about. And I think you may have spoken about this in the past, but I just wanted to speculate, speculate being the, the key word here, that um, what possible vehicles Tesla will make down the road, whether it be, you know, 5, 10, 20, or even 50 years from now. Now, we know the Model 3 is coming in two years, hopefully, and that the Model Y is possibly coming soon after that. And, you know, we don't really know much about the Y at all. So let's talk about future vehicles past the 3 and the Y. First, I wanted to touch, first I wanted to touch on Tesla being a transportation company and that their mission statement is to accelerate the advent of sustainable transport by bringing compelling mass market electric cars to the market as soon as possible. What kind of cars do we know Tesla will most likely make in the future? I would imagine that a Tesla truck will be in the works down the line, especially once the battery and motor technologies advance enough to become more powerful, as well as efficient to compete with heavy-duty powerful trucks from Dodge, Ford, and Chevy. A truck would be a risky choice down the road, but I don't think, but um, I think a sporty two-door coupe that is very affordable um, would be something else that would be very cool that Tesla could make. Um, if Tesla made a sporty two-door coupe with falcon wing doors, I think Tesla would definitely turn some heads. Not that they already, not that they aren't doing that already or anything, but you know, maybe that'll be on the Model Y design. Only time will tell. Um, also, this was this is really what I wanted to talk about from calling in. Um, Tesla's mission statement says that they are bringing compelling electric cars to the market as soon as possible. Cars being the key word in that sentence. Now. 
I really hope that down the line, uh, I don't know how, how many years from now or whatever it may be, I hope they don't just restrict themselves to cars. I hope they expand and maybe dive into the motorcycle market as well. I don't know about you, but I think a Tesla motorbike would possibly revolutionize the motorcycle industry just as much as Tesla has revolutionized the automobile industry. And hey, maybe with Tesla hiring Milan Kovac, the principal engineer for Scully Systems, the man behind motorcycle helmet heads-up display that is possibly working on the Model 3's heads-up display, could be a small indication that motorcycles could be part of Tesla Motors' vehicle line in the future. Maybe the far future, maybe the near future, who knows? Now, Tesla could be totally against this choice because as of right now, Tesla has a strong focus on safety, and I don't know how you market a motorcycle to be safe. That being said, I still think a Tesla motorbike or an electric bike would be an extremely awesome and fun thing to ride as well as to own. Again, just an idea and pure speculation. Um, another idea or thought um, would be that Tesla would eventually make an electric aircraft or that Elon would start another company strictly for electric aircrafts. The Tesla statement is about moving transportation, transportation to more sustainability, and air travel is a huge part of our transportation today. And for the record, I know virtually nothing about how jet fuel works, or airplane fuel for that matter. I just think that if it could be done in the future, I think it should be, even just to prove a point, an expensive one, to say the least. Again, uh, just complete speculation into the distant future, and some cool topics to talk about, electric uh, Tesla electric uh, motorcycles, as well as electric aircrafts, possibly. Um, thanks again, Ryan. Thanks for the podcast. Thanks for listening. And thank you for providing entertainment and information to your listeners. Have a wonderful day to you and to anybody who may be listening. See you later. Bye. All right, Mitchell, you uh, are an excellent caller. I like you. Uh, let's talk about this. So we know Model Y is planned to be next. At least that is uh, the most recent Elon comment on it, so that's all we have to go on for right now. Model Y being the, of course, the uh, SUV crossover built on the Model 3 platforms will be smaller than the X will be. Yes, Maggie. Yes, I hear you. (laughs) Um, I agree. I think there could be a coupe on the Model 3 platform as well. And I'd said, I don't know if you were a listener yet, I said a long time ago that I was hoping that if they built a coupe off the three platform, that it might have Falcon wings, since, of course, a coupe just has, you know, two doors and and a little half back seat. I would love for that to happen. I I might have to get rid of the three. (laughs) Get rid of my three to get that, if that happens. That's not, that's, that won't happen. There's no way my wife would be like, uh, no, you can't get rid of this yet. (laughs) But in any case, uh, we also, what you left out, the next-gen Roadster, we know that's in the mix as well. So it could go Model Y, maybe then Coupe, uh, whether or not it has Falcon wings or not, but maybe a Model Y, then maybe a Coupe, then maybe next-gen Roadster. Then probably after that, because at this point we're a number of years down the road, then maybe I think the Model 4, that fourth-generation compact sedan, uh, then probably, hopefully, they'd be ready for a truck. I agree with you. I mean, and Elon has said that they want to get to to a place where they can do a truck. And I also agree with you on the motorcycle front. I would I would absolutely not take their cars phrasing from their mission statement literally. 
So if you're not familiar, Zero Motorcycles, that's the name of the company, they already exist. And their bikes get 131 uh, miles of EPA-rated range combined city highway. That's pretty good. But uh, I suspect Tesla will want to make an even longer range bike. I, I doubt 131 is going to be sufficient for their sort of uh, mission statement. You know, because of course we know that Tesla doesn't make anything with, with uh, you know, under really anything under 200 at this point. As for the jet, well, I'm only speculating, of course, but I, I mean, I'd have to think that's still decades away. In that uh, same Oslo conference that I've played you a couple of clips from, I'd watch the rest of it, and Elon talks about how, like, the last, or one of the last uh, audience questions he takes is about, you know, somebody asks, well, when, when is there going to be, a, like, a big leap in battery technology? And Elon says, like, that battery engineering is one of the hardest problems in the world, hardest engineering problems. And that even the the greats like like Tesla himself and Edison couldn't get anywhere with it, and that he you know he mentioned how batteries are improving at about five to eight percent a year, uh, and he sort of said, well, it's just going to be more of an iterative thing that adds up over time. Uh, plus, with a jet, I mean, batteries weigh a lot. That would that would really weigh down a plane. I don't know if you saw there was a cool thing that actually Elon had retweeted. There was a plane, a solar-powered plane, that made it across the Pacific safely this past week. That's pretty cool. Maybe there could be something to that if, if solar power, if the panels can miniaturize enough and draw enough power. But, uh, you know, if the electric... Elon has himself mentioned an electric jet. He was talking about it, if you'll remember, with Iron Man himself. Is this us? Absolutely. It can be. Great. Make it us. Okay. Mr. Musk, how are you? Congratulations on the promotion. Thank you very much. You're thank right. you. Those Merlin engines are fantastic. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Good idea for an electric jet. You do? Yeah. Then we'll make it work. <laughs> you want a massage? Oh, God. I'll no, I don't want make an appointment. I don't, I want, don't be... want Sorry, Mitchell. I know there was absolutely no real point <laughs> to, playing, to playing you the audio clip of Elon's cameo in Iron Man 2, but you set me up. You set me up on a tee perfectly for that. By mentioning electric jet, I had to do it. <laughs> All right, uh, next is Shane from Sydney, Australia, who is, uh, you know, I think we're all wondering when the heck we're going to get our cars. He's especially nervous because he hasn't ordered yet and he's down in Australia. So uh, let's hear from Sydney and maybe we can try to help him out. Let's, pardon me, let's hear from, no, let's hear from Shane in Sydney. My goodness. I'm so sorry, Shane. Hi, Ryan. It's Shane from Sydney, Australia. I just wanted to get your thoughts on the reality at this stage for those that haven't yet pre-ordered to be able to get a Model 3 in a reasonable amount of time. Given the facts that one, like Tesla, currently build around 60,000 cars per year, and they've announced that 400,000 pre-orders of the Model 3 are now in the system, um, and given that initial units aren't going to ship until end of 2017, early 2018, and more importantly for me, Australia will probably get them last, I'm thinking, based on this, I can only assume anyone ordering one now won't see a car until around 2020. Now, I haven't heard any Tesla make any statements on this yet, and I'm hoping I'm not the only one concerned, and it actually has stalled my interest in even pre-ordering at the moment. appreciate your thoughts, and thanks again. I'm a big fan of your work. Shane, thank you for the call. Uh, I mean, as we've said before, your configuration, what 
kind of, what spec car you order is going to play a big part and maybe an equal part, for all we know, as your geographic location. Uh, unfortunately, I have, I certainly have no idea when Australian deliveries will start. I, in fact, I'm not even sure Tesla knows at this point. They've specifically said that right-hand drive markets will be later. They'll be, they'll be later. Uh, but, so, so what I'll say is your concerns are not, un, are not unfounded. I mean, you've got, you've got reason there. However, I'll just remind you, as the same thing I, as I feel like I've maybe mentioned a couple times, if you're going to order a performance car, get that order in because then you'll be among the first deliveries in Australia once they do start shipping cars there. So regardless, I, I feel for you. I know, you know you, uh, Australians are going to have to wait a bit longer. I know that's going to hurt, but uh, they'll get there. And, you know, there's no way. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a good size market. You know, Tesla will, will take care of you guys, hopefully sooner rather than later. That brings us to Mark. Mark wants to see more destination chargers at hotels and businesses. And he's got a way, he's got a very good way here to urge others to contact their preferred uh, businesses and, and hotels and just reach out and say that, hey, many, many Teslas are coming. I will let Mark explain. Hi, this is Mark Stephan. I don't have a Tesla yet. I drive a different EV for now, but enjoy your show as I aspire to owning a Tesla someday. With the massive amount of Model 3 orders, I think the community may need to give Tesla a hand with getting uh, businesses to take Tesla up on the destination charging program. I recently stayed at a hotel and thought that as a customer, the manager might read a letter from me encouraging them to consider the Tesla destination charging program. So I wrote them an old-fashioned letter and snail mailed it to them. I think this will help it stand out from emails they may get. If you don't stay in hotels but know a business in your community who would uh, fit this program, please call or go see the manager and explain to them why their business should participate. I put a copy of my letter uh, at uh, http colon slash slash bit dot ly slash hotel charge uh, for anyone who would like to use it. Uh, there are also notes there of an interview with a hotel manager that has Tesla destination charging explaining how the process worked for them. Thanks for the show, and uh, good luck, everyone. I think that's a great way to go about this, Mark. And, and you're right. I mean, it's good to be proactive. We know that hundreds of thousands of Model 3s are going to be coming here in the next couple of years. Uh, so it's good to be proactive, and it, it, it certainly doesn't hurt. Coincidentally, your, your, your call is eerily timed. Tesla did uh, just announce a huge destination charger push in Europe. I know that doesn't necessarily help you. But yeah, they, they announced this week they've added over 150 destination chargers in Europe in order to help encourage Tesla travel between, you know, sort of intra-EU intra travel, or, or rather in, inter-EU travel, uh, as, as people start taking delivery more and more Teslas throughout Europe. Hopefully they'll make a similar push with destination chargers in the U.S. here fairly soon. All right, couple more, two more calls to get to this week. First up is Gabe, who, uh, who brings up an interesting point about whether to buy or lease. Gabe, take it away. Hi, Ryan. My name is Gabe, and uh, I enjoy your podcast. Thank you very much. 
I just pulled the trigger and ordered a new Tesla Model S 70D, and I was all set to finance when I thought that maybe I should lease the car. It seems that the technology is changing rapidly, and that with the Model 3 coming up, there's going to be some new technology in it, and besides, the Model 3 looks good. And I wanted to know what you thought about the Tesla leasing versus financing. Uh, obviously, there are good reasons to lease versus finance and finance versus leasing. I know that I won't be building equity in a, a lease, but I do have my own business and would be able to write off the majority of my payments, which is a bonus. So, yes, just wanted to see what your thoughts were on that. And uh, that's it. Um, thank you very much. Bye-bye. So, yeah, you bring up a valid point here, Gabe. I mean, f- speaking purely personally, I was always told by my family that leasing is bad because you're always making payments, you never actually own the car, your mileage is limited, and as you mentioned, you're not building any equity with the car. But then again, my family's always been the kind of people who who keep a car for a decade or more and basically just wring every last drop of usefulness out of it. That kind of automotive lifestyle works for some people, but for others it doesn't, and that's okay. And I don't know if my family is right, and I wouldn't even pretend to give anybody advice in that department since I'm I'm not a financial professional. I mean, I study Tesla like a hawk, but I, you know, I wouldn't pretend to give anybody any sort of financial advice with a car. But yeah, what's unique to Tesla, as you bring up, is the rate at which their technology is advancing. We've talked about it on the podcast before, but it's therefore it sort of brings the question of a lease back into, you know, if, it, if it's something you weren't thinking about, maybe it's something that everybody should at least consider, depending on their personal situation. You know, there are, of course, there are pluses and minuses either way, right? Whether you're buying or leasing, there are pluses or minuses. But it's good to think about it where maybe you otherwise wouldn't. Like, uh, for me, I, you know, I probably am still going to be in a position where I'm going to buy the car, even though I know there will be advancements to Model 3, because it's, you know, this is going to be the, the, pretty much the biggest purchase I've ever made. Because I, you know, hope to be planning, hope to be spending more on this car than I've ever spent on a car before um, by, by a healthy margin. And uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm probably not going to be in a position where I'm going to be leasing it and just staying on that cycle for a while. Even though I know I'm going to miss out on, on some feature, you know, some pr- uh, progress, some technological advancement. But... Uh, yeah, so maybe that's, I guess that's all I'll say is, you know, maybe it's something to think about, even if, if particularly if you haven't thought about it before, given Tesla's very, very unique space in the automotive industry where they are advancing so, so quickly. So thank you for that call, Gabe. The last call this week comes to us from a fellow Ryan, Ryan's Unite, <laughs> out in Richmond, Virginia. We wanted to know if there's an update on uh, California Senate Bill 680 because he wants to take factory delivery, but he doesn't want to get dinged twice on sales tax because currently, if you're an out-of-stater and you were to take factory delivery on a Tesla, you'd have to pay California sales tax as well as your own state sales tax, which is a crazy lot of money. 
So, uh, Ryan, take it away. Hey, Ryan, this is Ryan from Richmond, Virginia. I have two questions and one quick comment. Uh, Question number one, has there been any update on the California sales tax Senate Bill 680 that you discussed in a previous episode? And uh, both my mother and I, we put our $1,000 reservations down on the 31st of March at the store in Northern Virginia, and we both would really like to fly out to the factory and pick up our cars and get a tour of the factory and drive back cross-country sightseeing along the way. My next topic of discussion is uh, I believe Tesla could possibly compete against Uber and other car-sharing TNCs in the future with fully autonomous vehicles. Elon revealed in Norway recently that he was working on something to help with urban congestion. Uh, A lot of people alluded to a bus or something like that. Maybe what he's actually going for is a way for our personal cars to go to work for us and Tesla when they're not being utilized as our personal vehicles. So just imagine you go to work and you get out of your car and mark it as available in the, let's call it, the share Tesla app. While you're working, so is your car, ferrying people from one place to another. And when you get off work, you just walk out to your car and there it is waiting for you. And bonus, a few days later, a check is sitting in your bank account for all the work your car did. The same scenario could play out you know, while you're at home asleep or on those lazy days when you have nowhere to go. Of course, there would have to be a way to block out times you needed your vehicle or a way to summon it back if something unexpected happened you know, yada, 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 on and on. But just think of the possibilities, not to mention the cost savings for Tesla not having to maintain a fully autonomous fleet of vehicles on their own. And the other upside is for the vehicle owners with the additional income you would gain as a participant in their ride-sharing program. So my second question to you is, do you think that something like this could be feasible in the future and possibly what Elon was alluding to? Thanks for everything you've been doing, and I look forward to your response. Keep up the good work. And by the way, I binge listened to your entire podcast library over the past two weeks, and I didn't lose interest in it at all. So keep up the good work and say hi to Maggie for me. Thank you for the call, Ryan. And dude, I am am seriously impressed that you binge listened to the entire Ride the Lightning archive, and you're not sick of me yet. That's awesome. I, that's seriously. I mean, that's that's about the highest compliment I think I can take. Uh, that's fantastic. I love that. Thank you. Now to your question, I couldn't find an update on the bill. It, it's been heard, but that's the last I could find about it. Is that it's been heard on the floor. So uh, and the the bill, of course, would uh, for those that maybe aren't familiar, would waive California sales tax for out of state people that happen to be taking factory delivery of their Tesla here in uh, over in Fremont. So uh, seemingly no update there. Second, to your other question about uh, what Elon might have up his sleeve for if he might be thinking of a ride-sharing thing, I think it's totally feasible that Elon has a car-sharing situation in mind. And I'll tell you what, if I was Uber, I would be terrified of Elon Musk. He... If I had, if I owned shares in Uber, I don't even know if it's a public company, I would probably dump them all before Model 3's uh, Part 2 of the reveal comes out. Because again, I've talked about how I think there's a good chance that that Model 3 is going to have full autonomous capability. I don't know if it'll be enabled right at launch. It might take some time the same way that it took, you know, the, the hardware was there, bef- was ready before the software was on Model S. 
I, I think the same thing could very well happen with Model 3. But, um, again, because Model 3 is this is this sort of ultimate end goal of the company, and Elon's big on autonomous driving, and what better way to enable autonomous driving to really make it take off than to have every Model 3 from day one be capable of it. So... We'll see. Yeah, I I would be terrified if I was if I was Uber. But um, anyway, in the Norway talk that you referenced, Elon said this: We have an idea for something which is not exactly a bus, but would solve the density problem for uh, inner city situations. I, th- I think we need to actually rethink the whole concept of public transport um, and create something that that is. And that people are actually going to like a lot more. Um, I don't want to talk too much about it because. Sorry, are you talking about the Hyperloop? No, no. No. <laughs> um, the, the Hyperloop's great for going between cities, um, but um, I have to be careful what I say these days. <laughs> <laughs> You're among uh, friends. It's okay. <laughs> Trust me. I, you know, what will happen is I'll 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 make an offhand comment uh, in. You know, with with a group like this, and and then it'll be like a small, you know, maybe like page three of an article in the Norwegian newspaper. Then the international press will seize on that and turn it into a big headline. Um, so I put my foot in my. I mean, unfortunately, you're, you're thinking about. I have a bad habit of putting my foot in my mouth, unfortunately. <laughs> but 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 um, if we go back then to the mind. But I, I, very, I very much agree with solving the high density. Uh, Urban transport problem, mm. and 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 I, and I think there's, there's there's a new type of car or vehicle uh, that I think would be really great for that, and and actually take people to their final destination, not just at to the bus stop, which I think is great. Mm. So then someone. So know, where do you see autonomous vehicles in this? Autonomous vehicles are key. So there you go. He kind of got a little off track there because he was worried about about. Uh, making a headline at a at a you know inopportune time which he's smart because he's he's learned that <laughs> sometimes he's too honest and it gets him it gets him into trouble but anyway I, we'll see what he's got up his sleeve but I think you may very well be on the right track Ryan all right that's the end of the ride the lightning hotline that was a again just a great thank you all so much for calling in I, I just love it I, I love this segment of the show. It, I really have a lot of fun with it. If you would like to call and uh, be part of the show, leave a message anytime, day or night. It's a toll-free call or Skype. The number, again, is 1-888-989-TSLA. That's 1-888-989-8752. Be right back to wrap things up. All right, along with a uh, snoozing Maggie the Boxer, who, by the way, has her own Twitter account, at Maggie the Boxer, if you just want dog pictures. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter, at DMC underscore Ryan. You can always email me. The podcast email address is teslapodcast at gmail.com. If you're a video gamer, please check me out at my day job. I'm at IGN.com. Uh, most recent thing, actually, that would probably be of interest. I think I've mentioned this once before, but... Uh, we just wrapped up an entire month's worth of coverage on one of the most anticipated games 
of 2016, which uh, I think would be of interest to a lot of, you know, tech, sci-fi, uh, you know, fans of, of this podcast. It's a game called No Man's Sky. It is literally an entire universe. The, the game was built on, a, on an algorithm. It's all procedurally generated. It's an exploration game. Seems really cool. There are just endless stories to tell about it. We told a few this month, and I capped it off with uh, a big uh, hour and about 10-minute interview with the, the mastermind, the programmer behind the game, this gentleman by the name of Sean Murray, who just a fascinating guy to talk to. Talked about how he really grew up uh, making little games on the Amiga and uh, just a, starting a company, and he, his whole sort of career path. It was great. That's, that's on my uh, IGN interview series that's called IGN Unfiltered. There's a YouTube. It's on iTunes, or uh, if you want to watch it, there is a uh, YouTube playlist on youtube.com slash IGN. Anyway, I've also got some video game and geek-inspired t-shirt designs that I'm selling. I've got t-shirts for sale at nerdstyles.com. Uh, friends of the show, I remind you, of course, to please subscribe to Dave T's weekly Tesla newsletter, which you can do at teslaweekly.com. Very quick and easy and free over there. Thanks, as always, to the kind folks at teslarati.com for their support of this podcast. I love that site. I love Gene and the crew there. And uh, if you don't already, if you're a Model S or X owner, you can listen to this podcast in your car via TuneIn. Go to the TuneIn website, search for Tesla Podcast or Ride the Lightning. You'll find it. Follow it from there, and then it'll show up in your favorites. So, for a sleeping, snoozing, snoring Maggie the Boxer, (laughs) my name is Ryan McCaffrey. This has been Ride the Lightning, episode 39 uh, as May is under... My goodness, we're already into May. We're already a month past the reveal, by the way. The Model 3 was already revealed a month ago. It's time, time's Good. Hopefully time is flying. That means we'll get our cars sooner. Uh, so again, thank you all so much and happy electric motoring. I'll see you next week.